Welcome, friends, to Off the Ground. I'm Dr. Ron Graham. I'm your host. On this program, we talk to people who had an idea and decided to make it real. And they took their idea and nourished it and watched it grow and then watched it spread. Some of their ideas were businesses. Some were creative. Some were technical. Some were service-related. And some were social. What they have in common is that they know what it takes to get an idea off the ground. Friends, our guest tonight on uh, Off the Ground will be Chris Parsons, a professional wrestler known in the ring as Magnum CK. We're going to be talking about uh, the JT Lightning Invitational Tournament sponsored by Absolute Intense Wrestling. It'll be held in Cleveland in a week. Um... Magnum CK is very instrumental in what's going on in AIW recently, and he has some interesting things to talk about wrestling-wise overall. So stay tuned for a moment. We'll be right with you. We're going to start off right away talking about the JT Lightning Invitational Tournament. Sure. But first... And that's done off the ground, ladies and gentlemen. What you're up to, CK? Magnum CK, pro wrestler. Like, like right now? Like literally right now? Just in general. <laughs> right now I'm making coffee. I, I, I drink coffee all day and, and well into the evening, and I have absolutely zero trouble falling asleep. So I don't know. <laughs> I have some sort of some – sort of, uh, uh, I used to be one of the people who uh, could never fall asleep. Uh, and I would just lay there for hours and hours. And now I'm, I'm, as soon as I'm down, I'm out. <laughs> well, I'm glad you got your coffee. I want you to at least hang in there for a little while. <laughs> now, now, I've seen you wrestle several times. I have. And uh, I, things have been changing for you ever even since, even since the time when I first saw you. But why don't you... Uh, but let's get a quick summary of your professional wrestling career. How long have you been involved in that business? Well, I've been calling this uh, year seven of my active in-ring career. I, I, I had I, I wrestled for about five years, starting in two thousand and three and two thousand four. Uh, actually, two thousand four actually. And uh, then I, I went off and I, I was out of the ring for a while. I did some commentary and helped produce a few places and write. And I did a ton of theater and, and improv and, and film projects, all kinds of other things. And I found my way back to the ring about two and a half years ago. So technically active competition, I'm in the middle of year seven right now. So uh, uh, it's something I've been around for a long, long time, and I never really left at any point. I just kind of transitioned out to some other things. I, I had a weird period uh, <clears throat> where, I don't know, I, I just always wanted to be a wrestler, and I think I just let, let some of the aspects of the business at the time get to me and uh, some, some different social situations and life uh, issues. You know, I was I was very, very poor uh, guy, you know, I didn't, I, I kind of come from, from nothing, you know, so I've had to kind of mm-hmm. build my life up to this point. So, you know, when you don't have any resources and, uh, you know, you're just, uh, young and wrestling and you don't, it, it's very difficult. So I think I kind of let some of that get to me and I, I took a different path and, and for a long time, I was really bummed out that I had left wrestling, but looking back, it was the best choice I could have made because, uh, I went out and I learned how to be a performer, you know, because uh, I've always kind of taken to wrestling. I've always kind of been a natural in the ring with all the mechanics and, and the way you move your body and everything. It just kind of came naturally to me. But I had no idea how to perform, you know. So I went out and I've, I've done, you know, thousands and thousands of hours of performing since, uh, since my first time around in wrestling. And I learned how to connect with the crowd and, and, and how to work on TV and what makes sense and having some sort of stage presence and all that. So coming back, it just took a little while for me to click everything into place. And I'd say within the last nine months or so, things have really clicked. And uh, for the first time in my life, I can say that I'm actually really proud of the work that I'm doing, if that makes sense. It does make a lot of sense. As a matter of fact, that's 
essentially the reason that you and I are talking today, because although I am not a uh, wrestling podcaster per se, I do like to talk to people about new things that they start up. And I, and believe me, um, when you started getting involved with the production and you started integrating your substantial um, acting background to your wrestling background, that caught my attention in a way that no other wrestler has been able to do. And I've been a wrestling fan since I was 10 years old. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. So it's, that, that ends up being a pretty long time. I know you run into a lot of veteran wrestling fans, but uh, it, yours, your case is something a little bit different than what I'm used to. And we're going to get to talking about the production in a few minutes. But what I'd like to do next, now that we've got a background on you, is um, is talk a little bit about how you found your way to absolute intense wrestling. Uh, well, it's actually it, it's funny, you know. I, I've shared this quote, uh, or it's not it's not a direct quote, but it's just kind of a a message that uh, I was reading an article a while back, uh, an interview with Harrison Ford, and. They asked him, what's the best advice you would give an up-and-coming actor? You know, you're back. Friends, we're off the ground. This is Dr. Ron and CK, Magnum CK is with me. Um, CK, when we were talking a few moments ago, um, established that you had, stu- had worked extensively on your active acting career for a couple of years, and you believed that it had a... Uh, fundamental effect on your on your wrestling is that the case oh without a doubt um it's funny because i i had done a couple of plays in high school and then right after and i didn't take it very seriously i was just one of the only men uh males you know so i got some lead roles out of that and uh i did i guess i do have some natural ability so i just kind of rose to the top of that but i mean it was just you know it was a pretty shallow pool. It was my it was my friend Evan and I were like the kings of the of the drama club just because we were like the only guys. <laughs> but but uh, uh, and then I got right into wrestling. And the funny thing about wrestling is, it's very easy, especially back in those days. It's very easy to fall into the no no kid, do it like this, you know, or or you have the you have certain old timers who you don't realize it, but they're kinda of holding you down and giving you bad ideas, you know. So I was just kind of following the lead of some other guys. Now I had some younger friends who helped train me uh the first time around who were great, but you know, some of these older guys, they, they were really the worst influences on me. And uh <clears throat> I, I spent a long time trying to be what I thought wrestling wanted me to be. You know, I got into wrestling because I loved what I watched as a kid and I loved all that and Ric Flair and all these guys. Uh, so instead, I was thinking, well, what can I do that will get Ring of Honor to book me or or TNA or whatever, you know, and that's just no way to do it. And my and my heart kind of fell out, out out of it. But anyhow, so when I when I uh, transitioned away from it, I got into performing and I started doing some plays in college. Uh, my first time around in college, uh, I, I tend to go in twos. I've been to college twice. I've been wrestling twice. I've been married twice. So yeah, it's, the second one is the one that seems to take. <laughs> that's right. Sometimes you got to get a practice one in. Yeah, that's kind of the story of me. But um, so I, I auditioned for a play and I didn't get cast. And I was like, oh, so I was totally bummed. But it turned out to be a blessing because that show was uh, really, really poorly done but because i didn't get cast in that show i got cast in another show and it ended up being great i met a great one of my first theater mentors i met him and and i took private lessons with him i paid for private lessons and uh he just taught me all about perform you know acting theory and we read books and and talked and and performed monologue you know he had me performing monologues and everything and really just showed me the bare bones of like no 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 let me train you to be an actor. You know, I know it's great that you can go on and make funny faces and all that, but I'm going to teach you how to be in a scene and how to act. And he was one of the first people who took the time to do that. Well, I guess I was paying him, but <laughs> uh, of yeah. But uh, so, uh, and then I, I started doing more and more plays and then 
uh, an audition notice came up for the for the Rocky Horror Show, and I thought, well, I'd love to do I'd love to do that, but I can't sing. I've never sung in my life. Uh, I played guitar a little bit, but I never tried to sing. And I thought, well, I'll never do a musical. That's a shame because I'd really love to play Frankenfurter in that show. And uh, about that time, I got tickets for Young Frankenstein, the musical, which Mel Brooks is one of my favorites of all time. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was just sat, uh, sat in heartbreak watching this hilarious, wonderful, big, over-the-top, old-timey Broadway musical, you know, old-feeling musical, and thinking, well, I'll never get to do that. But then uh, – I don't know. I, I just had some friends at the time who were like, dude, you know, just audition, just audition. It'll be fine. And I ended up auditioning for Rocky Horror. A week, it was actually a week before uh, my first marriage. It was the week before. Because when I auditioned, uh, my fiance at the time was off out of town for a bachelorette party. So I stayed home. Instead of having a bachelor party, I, I studied the music and I tried to teach myself how to sing <laughs> over the weekend, basically. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I auditioned and I got lucky because they didn't really have anyone show up who could have been a Frankenfurter, you know. So I think I would have been cast as Rocky because I was the, you know, uh, biggest guy there. But uh, I ended up getting Frankenfurter. And at that audition is where I met the woman who, uh, now keep in mind, this is my, a week before my first marriage, I met the woman who I am now currently married to at that audition. She played Janet and I, I was cast as Frankenfurter. And immediately we were like best friends. Like we just hit it off immediately and like just complete best friends. And a week later I married someone else, you know? So for a long time, I just threw myself into work because I really loved this person, but you know, she was married to someone else and I I had just married someone. It was just bad timing. So I just did every show that came up. I auditioned for And I just got lead role after lead role for years. I just, just, you know, distracting myself, I guess. Uh, and I just played, you know, uh, by the end of it, I, I've done about, so far I've been a lead in about 30 plays and musicals. Uh, and, and if you add up all the hours on that, I mean, it's, it's in the thousands easily. And uh, so then all that time on stage. And then, I, you know, I even lived in Chicago for a while. And I studied improv at Second City, amongst a few other things. But I got in. Yeah, well, I, 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 they have a, a section that you audition for and you apply for. And it's kind of an accelerated program for people who have enough acting experience. And I got into that somehow. So I just got thrown into it. I mean, I was awful at it at first. I mean, I was terrible at improv because I was trying to be funny. I was trying to be Fred Willard, you know, I was trying to make jokes and they're like, that doesn't work. Cause I'm just naturally like a jokey kind of person. And then, so I learned, I had to retrain my brain and they're like, listen, you have to be good at improv, and then you can start breaking all the rules and making all your jokes and your scenes. But it doesn't work unless you know the basics. And they gave me a bit of a, a bit of advice that I've used and I've repeated in all the shows I've directed ever since, because I've started directing, um, is uh, Dana was her name, and she was my, my main instructor for a while there. And she said, even the Harlem Globetrotters had to learn how to play boring old basketball first. And I was like, wow, like the light bulb went on. And I was like, okay, I got to stick out all these fundamentals, just like wrestling. I have to learn yes. all these fundamentals. And then I can break all the rules I want because I understand it. You know, and that's what I did. And, and so when I came back to wrestling, I remember being nervous. I, I trained a little bit with Mike Quackenbush and Ophidian uh, up at the Wrestle Factory just to kind of get the rust off and everything. And, and Two of the best. No kidding. I mean, that was a great experience uh, and really opened my eyes to a lot of new things. But uh, the first time I got back in the ring, I hadn't been in a ring in like seven years or something like that, you know, in a wrestling capacity. And I, I, I swear I did my entrance and I got down in the ring and I looked around and, and I've told this story before, but I just said, oh, my God, this is a stage. Like, you idiot. Like, this is this whole time it's been a stage. It's and, all and I, Yeah, and, a, I, and I, had, I literally had the thought of, you know how to do this. And I was like, boom. All my nerves went away, you know, because I was rightfully so. I was very nervous. It all just washed away. And I was like, dude, you've done this a hundred times. If I could do – if I could play Frankenfurter, uh, a 200 uh, – at the time I was 200 pounds because I, I, I slimmed down for the role uh, and played that role twice a night – in five inch heels 
you know, sweating off a pound of performance, you know, and, and going on no food because there's no time because we got two shows to do and going for three hours, taking 10 minute break and going for three hours again. I could do anything. <laughs> and I was like, so this wrestling's hard work, but it's nothing compared to that. So I feel like I put myself through the paces. <laughs> All right, CK, at this point, we're going to stop and take a break once again. Let me just ask one quick question before we do. Is it not true that one of the first things they teach you in wrestling is how to fall down, basically how to take a bump? It's, it's one of the earlier steps, yeah. Okay, I just wanted to make sure about that. So, you know, one the thing that you're saying is that you found out that just like in wrestling, you needed the fundamentals of acting in order to be able to do anything else in that field, and now you're you were starting to get the idea that the two fields might mesh together well. Well, yeah, just real quick, the, the best way to, that I put that to people is that your fundamentals are the foundation and you can't really build a very tall house if you don't have a good foundation, right? So you learn all those fundamentals as your foundation and you could build uh, to all the way up to, to the moon if you want, if you have a strong enough foundation. That's right. All right, well, well when we get back from this, uh, from this uh, timeout. Hello. Okay, good to be back with you again. And friends, we're on Off the Ground. I'm Dr. Ron, and I'm with Magnum CK. Um, we've been talking about the relationship between Derek, the director, Frankie Flynn, and Eddie Only. Am I right? Yes. Yeah, so, uh, Donovan. Uh, Donovan. Uh, I'm sorry. Donovan Danhausen uh, is is a recent addition, and he's kind of our our um, our spooky guy. <laughs> what do you need a spooky guy for, me, if I may I ask? He uh, he wears very interesting uh, face paint, and uh, you know he was trained by uh, by Jimmy Jacobs, and he has a very very cool, unique in ring style. And he's the writer. He he, he sits in a basement and uh, types on an old time typewriter. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, maybe maybe it does is, does the paint thing come partly like from you know there was a recent appearance of papa shango at an aiw show does it have anything to do with that well when papa shango hit us with all that voodoo the only person that it didn't affect was danhausen he just kind of rolled out of the ring and just stared at us like he couldn't figure out what was wrong so yeah maybe there's some sort of relationship maybe 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 there's uh maybe uh i, I know he comes from up around uh Michigan way, maybe Papa Shango about 25 years ago swung through town or something. <laughs> well, that's that sounds like a good guy to have, CK. <laughs> but now let's now let's hear the secret origins of the direction, or the, I'm just say the production, I should say. Well, yeah, it's just like I said. Uh, you know, it was originally, you know, they knew I was a theater guy in real life, and uh, so is Frankie. And uh, it just kind of grew from there because I couldn't make it to a show. So they tossed in some guys and uh, it, it ended up really working out well. And we lost Colby. He, I, I don't know if he's still wrestling or not, but uh, we lost him and replaced him with, uh, with Danhausen. And, and here's the funny thing. And I guess this just speaks to how well uh, John knows the wrestling business is if you look at us, there's five of us and we all look incredibly different you know we don't have any matching gear which you know Arn anderson's talked at length about how factions don't have to have perfectly matching this and that you know look at the horsemen they never really match but uh um, yeah and uh if you look at us it just looks like five guys who some kid hit random on the creative player on some video game or something so it's one of those things that was either gonna in my head it's like this is either really going to sink or it's going to be amazing. And, 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 of course, my mentality is, well, we're not going to stop till it's amazing. I mean, we're just going to make it work. And uh, the fans just took to it immediately. I, I ran out and, and I made a surprise uh, interference as my debut. And, ha and I would say more than half the people there had no idea who I was, uh, easily more than half. But uh, – we, it just all clicked. I mean, immediately I felt a connection with the Cleveland, the AIW audience, unlike any audience I've ever, you know, the, the two audiences I've really clicked with are AIW in Cleveland and, uh, and 
Toronto, Greek, Greek town wrestling up in Toronto. It's crazy mm-hmm. how much, I, I don't know what it is, but I just clicked with those audiences. And, uh, you know, I was talking to my wife cause she's the one responsible. All the things you said you like about what I'm doing is, is all due to my wife, you know, just kind of setting me straight because when you're in a, when you're in the wrestling bubble, you, you think like a wrestler, you know, you can't see things for what they really are. You just see it from the wrestling goggles, you know? Um, okay. And my wife is not a wrestling fan per se. I mean, she enjoys it now, but she was not a wrestling fan. And uh, I had done a big show for remix and it went really well. And it was, you know, Devon Dudley was involved and Marion Fontaine and it went, it went, it was great, you know? But I just t- sat down at dinner and I wasn't happy. I was like, I don't know. It's just not, it's not feeling like how I want it to feel like. And she was like, listen, I've told this story a few times, but she just said, who do you love? Like who, who made you love wrestling? And I named off everybody, you know, Terry Funk, Ric Flair, Rick Rude, Andy Kaufman, you know, all these people. And she's like, well, okay, why? What about them? And so I started naming what I liked and she said, okay, then do that. <laughs> she's like all those ways that they made you feel all those things that they did that you love just do that for other people and you'll probably feel like what you want to feel like and i tried to argue with her at first you know defensively and then i was like wow okay you're actually right like that's it's that simple so i immediately started rebranding myself and then the the nice new direction pardon the pun, came from John Thorne when he threw me in the production, and, and then it all clicked. It's like, let's... We're going to continue with Magnum CK and uh, what he's learning from combining acting with wrestling in just a moment. Please bear, please stay with us. In the uh, production. Yeah, so, you know, I started from there. You know, she told me, do what you love. Do it how you want to do it. And instead of complaining about how oh well you know wrestling's not like how i imagined when i was a kid she's like why don't you make that for other people that magic that you loved when you were a kid try and make that for people now i bet they'll love it and damn if she wasn't right (laughs) but uh the final key to it all was john thorne because he threw me in the production and made me realize okay take all these you know you i've been an actor for 15 years so take all that mix it in use that in wrestling uh, you know, not necessarily play an actor character necessarily, but throw all that theatric, all those theatrics in. And, and that makes me something unique, you know, and that's, so that's, that's one of his major contributions to my career. And, you know, I wouldn't be on this podcast right now if it wasn't for AIW. I, I wouldn't get to do all the things I'm doing right now if it wasn't for him and AIW. So yeah, you, uh, you've, been telling, you've been telling the world you're a podcast favorite and that you're doing a podcast <laughs> tour right now for Jaylit. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm really impressed and I'm thankful that you chose me out of all the others as well. Well, of course, I'm happy to do it. I, I love to, I love to spread uh, whatever messaging I have uh, out there, and I love to, I love to tell stories. But uh, so it all kind of clicked after that. And like I said, I, I've had, uh, you know, really people I respect just in the last few months start coming up to me. And, and, you know, before shows or sending me random messages, people who aren't my best friends, you know, not people I talk to all the time, but respected people in the wrestling business saying, I love what you're doing. Like, it's, it's the best. It's so unique. Keep going. Keep doing it. And that's the kind of encouragement that I think should exist in, 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 in everything, but especially in pro wrestling. You know, I just told MJF. Uh, he's a guy who I've just recently kind of gotten to know. Been on a lot of shows with him, but I don't know him super well yet. I, I, I plan to because he seems like a really interesting guy. But I told him, you know, I just went up to him randomly and I said, man, MJF. I was like, dude, you're all over my timeline. Like you pop up everywhere. Good for you. That makes me ha- I see MJF showing up someplace new and I'm happy. You know, because too often uh, guys in wrestling get jealous of each other and they think, well, so-and-so got that spot. Well, they're taking taking that spot away from me. And that is not the case. There are so there's so much room for all these people. And, and MJF said, yeah, he thanked me profusely and said, you know, we can all make money in this business. We can all succeed if we all support each other. And that's and I told him, I said, I'm from the world of theater. You know, I've been around wrestling my entire life, literally in, in the wrestling business in some way since I was five. And 
but I, but in theater, we're happy for each other. We support each other, you know. And Ric Flair said in his book, you know, his a whole mentality was, if I'm trying to get the other guy over, make him look good, and he's trying to make me look good, well, then we're both covered, <laughs> you know. But, uh, you know, so the, the thing that John made it all click, you know, and, and, and that's just, uh, that's what sent me on the wave I'm writing now. And it's, it, it's, it's a lot more fun. You know, I'm having a lot more fun. Um, but I, I mentioned, so, you know, my wife started me down that road and, and I felt like I was banging my head on the wall for a long time, trying to figure out what I should be and what I should do and how to do it. And, and, and did it cut off the part where I talked about John Lennon? Did we get to that? No, but go ahead. Well, John Lennon has a great little quote, a uh, little philosophy that he had where he said he would sit at a piano for, for hours, you know, four or five, six, seven, eight hours, and just come up with nothing, just crap. And he'd just be diddling around and couldn't think of anything and thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm a sham. I'm terrible. Like, I, I can't write. I'm an awful musician. Forget this. I quit. And he'd walk into the kitchen and he'd start making a sandwich and he'd put a slice of cheese on the bread, get halfway through the sandwich, you know, making a sandwich and something would just hit him like a lightning bolt. And he'd go running back to the piano and bang out a hit. And he always said that you have to put yourself out there. You have to, um, that, that six, eight hour suffering was you sending out a signal to the universe, like theoretically and being like, I'm open, give me a great idea. I will sit here until you give it to me, you know? And he always said, I could never write those great songs if I didn't have that suffering of sitting there for eight hours thinking I'm the worst musician who's ever lived, <laughs> you know? So I, I think people ask me about character and thinking like, how do you come up with a character, you know, which is a big compliment to me because uh, it tells me they respect what I'm doing. But I always say, you got to just keep going, keep out there. And it, the character finds you like this. Okay. My wife made this and John Thorne made this, but it was all, it was inside me already. They just shined it up and said, Oh, do that. And I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. I, I, I could have done it this whole time. Oh right, yeah. You know, so you, the character makes you. You know, I gotta throw something. CK. I mean, I am not what you would call a creative person. I was trained as an engineer, and uh, most of what I have even written in my life has been technical in nature. Yeah. But but I've written a master's thesis and I've written a doctoral dissertation, and when you go into that level of effort, even for technical topics, you need inspiration. Yeah. I would often have to go through precisely the same kind of experience that you had, that John Lennon had. I mean, I'm not trying to compare myself to either of you guys, obviously, but the, but the expression is pretty much the same. I know what it feels like, and I know how grateful I am when the thing I'm looking for actually happens. Yeah. Well, you can't you manufacture it. You know, you just have to get you, you put yourself out there. And it, it, it is like you're like a lightning rod. You know, you're just a lightning rod just waiting to get struck by something, you know. And, and, and what goes along with all that, you know, that they don't talk about is all the hours and hours of working and like in your case, studying and all that. I mean, that's implied. But, you know, you get to a certain level where you're just you have to keep yourself out there. And then uh, what's the old saying where you throw enough spaghetti against the wall and eventually some of it sticks, you know? So uh, that's uh, uh, half of my family is, is Italian, my wife's side. And uh, you know, that's how they cook spaghetti. You know, they, it, it, you know, the spaghetti's done when you throw it against the wall and it sticks to the wall. Okay. It's done. So you got to sit in front of that stove and you got to wait and you got to, you know, work at it. And then eventually it sticks to the wall and you got something. So that's just it. You got to, it's patience. I saw that online today. Uh, hashtag patience. I mean, that's literally all it is. Stick it out. And the first time around in wrestling, I didn't have patience and I didn't stick it out. But again, like I said, my path has brought me back around. And it's been even better. But uh, you can bet this time I'm having a lot more fun. <laughs> I want to hear about some of that too. What does the production do in, in the ring area, what's going on there, and, and what do, what kind of roles do the other guys you're working with play? I mean, you told me about um, the new fella a little bit, how he's the spooky guy, but uh, <laughs> tell, me, tell me about Eric and Eddie and Frankie. 
Yeah, well, Dan Housen, you know, like I said, he has a, a different cut type of character, but he is just such a unique performer and so slick in the ring. Uh, and Eddie only is, is in a similar vein. Now, he's our he's our technical guy, right? I mean, he comes out with a turnbuckle in his hand in case he needs to fix the ring, and he's he's setting up chairs for us. You know, he's he's like our stagehand. And he's the same, man. I mean, he is so slick in the ring. Like, I'll just, sometimes we'll do tag matches, and I'll be on the outside, and I can't believe how he just moves around like a cat. And uh, he's young in the business, but he is one of those guys that – has an his ears his ears are wide open. I mean, he's getting on the road, and just the other day he sent me a message asking if he could come with me to, to Toronto, you know, and he just wants to learn and, and get out there as much as he can. And and uh, Frankie Flynn is uh, kind of the leader of the production, right? I mean, he's the he's the the prince of Broadway, you know, and the, the bard, and and he's just kind of the the mastermind behind everything, right? And uh, now Derek Direction. Uh, Derek director in this case uh, for, for our purposes is he's a, another one like Dom who's become one of my best friends I mean we, we, we talk three four times a week just about anything you know we just talk uh, even non-wrestling related stuff and uh, that guy has has it and I'm not saying that the other guys don't they all do but I'm just saying he, his timing the first time I saw him in the ring I, I felt it because his timing was right and he just gets it, and and he's he's a little on the on the newer side too. I think he's less than five years in, uh, but I think he has more experience than people realize. But uh, he, man, we have such good tag team chemistry, uh, and and he's he's one of those guys like all of the guys in the group. But he's one of those guys you can definitely count on to be there and have his timing down right. And uh, he's just again, he's just a sweetheart in real life. I mean, he's just a great guy. <laughs> I got to tell you, uh, throw out an anecdote on that myself, CK. I saw Derek's first match. Oh, okay. And I've probably, I've probably seen three of his first five. So I can tell you, I even even I, as a fan, could watch this guy grow from match to match. I mean, in one yep. match... He tried to he tried to bounce off the ring ropes and he went through in went through second and third landed on his ass on the floor. <laughs> the kind of guy he is, I'm sure he learned something from that because, like I said, every time I would see him, he would just get better and better. And I'm not the only one among the fans who sees that. Believe me. Well, he he's right, and he and he wants it just like all all of us in the group. And Derek is one that. Well, I guess you could say this about everybody, but John Thorne pointed this out, and I think it fits Derek and I perfectly because, you know, we're just so hungry to make our mark in wrestling and just be, a, a, you know, a recognized part of wrestling, you know, uh, that I think it comes through. And, and I've, I don't know that I've ever felt more embraced by an audience uh, than I am at, at AIW, and I think I hope that not only they, they like my work, you know, which I could get into that, too, because I was pretty nervous when I was debuting there because I didn't know what, what they think of this, uh, what, whatever, what they call old school wrestler, I guess. But, uh, but uh, you know, we're just, we're just hungry uh, to, to make an impact and to, and to do a good job, you know. Well, you know what, uh, CK, what we're going to do is we're going to do one more segment of the show. We're going to take a break for a moment, and then the last segment we're going to talk specifically about the J-Lit, what's going on there, um, and uh, and whatever, and we'll give you a chance to say whatever else you want to say. But in the meantime, I just want to do a little bit of housekeeping just to make sure we don't lose any of this. This is good stuff. There is one more question we'll need you to answer in the next segment as well about your robes. <laughs> Please stay with us. Thank you. Hey, CK. Yes. All right, friends, we're back on Off the Ground. I'm Dr. Ron, and I'm here with Magnum CK, pro wrestler and actor extraordinaire. Um, <laughs> CK, this is going to be, in this last segment, this is going to be the time to sell tickets. It's, uh, <laughs> So let's let's say a few words about the J-Lit. First, tell me about your role in it, and then we'll get particulars. Yeah, uh, I, I'm I'm very 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 honored to be one of the 24 
participants in this uh, the JT Lightning Invitational Tournament uh, for a lot of reasons, not the least of which is that it's a very prestigious spot to me. I've always wanted to be in. Ever since I knew what a J what the J Lit was after JT passed, uh, I wanted to be in one. Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't in wrestling at the time uh, they started doing it. And uh, for the last couple of years that they've been doing it, and I have been in wrestling, I've just been champing at the bit to get in. And uh, I was very, very, I mean, I, I, again, it's one of those moments where I, when, they, when, I, when I got the notification that anytime I get the notification that AI, that at AI wrestling has tagged me in a post, my heart kind of jumps. And I'm like, oh, man, all right. Like, what is it? You know, because I don't always know what I'm doing at the next show. And I like it that way. It's fun saw that I was a participant and I, and I, and I had a feeling I would be, I'd kind of heard some rumblings and uh, man, I, I was just excited. So it's a two day tournament, you know, and that's so the match, a lot of the matches for night one have been announced and all the winners go on to night two. But uh, do you want me to get into more of the particulars of the tournament or JT? Um, JT we'll get to in a minute. Cause I have an anecdote, anecdote about that guy myself. Oh, great. No, Tell me about your match and tell me about the tickets. <laughs> I am uh, in the first round. I am going up against formerly known as Hornswoggle in the WWE uh, Swoggle. And, uh, you know, he, you know, from the Leprechaun movie and you, you, I'm sure you've seen him in the WWE, you know, for years I and have. years. And he just recently made a little one, one night return for the, the greatest Royal Rumble and, you know, uh, in Saudi Arabia and every for WWE and everything. And man, uh, this is one I didn't know. I, I heard that I was probably going to be in the tournament, but I had no idea who I was facing, uh, in the tournament. And I, so I was just as surprised as everybody. And I've, I wrestled with Swaggle one other time and we didn't touch much in the match because it was, uh, it was Jock Sampson and I against Colt Cabana and Swaggle against uh, Grado and Bubba Ray Dudley, which is like just the weird weird. was actually there that day. But that's just the weird, one of the weirdest matches, (laughs) like groupings of people I've ever been in, but it was such a supreme honor. And I've known Swaggle since then. And, uh, you know, I just think he's a great, he's just a wonderful guy. And and I'm looking forward to seeing what we can come up with creatively uh, because, this tournament does mean a lot to me just to even be included, you know, even in, in, in round one, you know, here with Swaggle is just a, a, a double honor, you know. Well, it's funny you'd mention that because, uh, you know, although you and Swaggle, I could not imagine two guys that are more different physically. <laughs> right. But yeah. in, in, in terms of creativity, I having seen that guy in live a couple of times, I can tell you he – he is a very creative individual, and he will be a good foil for you in the ring in that way. He's no doubt. I mean, this goes without saying because he's just been wrestling so long, and he was such a big part of WWE. He is an absolute expert. I mean, this guy, you could defer to this guy any day of the week, and he would give you the best advice. I mean, he just knows wrestling. He understands it very, very well. And anytime you can get in the ring with somebody that you don't have to worry about. And then what I mean by that, I was talking about this a couple of weeks ago because uh, I was wrestling a friend of mine uh, uh, and uh, Marion Fontaine. And he's just one of those guys that he's just amazing and he gets it. And when anytime you can wrestle the person that you don't have to think like, okay, let me make sure that they're okay or they're doing it right. Or they remember what's next or whatever it is. Anytime you can wrestle someone that you don't even have to talk to in the ring, and it just comes together and you can just concentrate on you and your little details and everything. That's when it feels the best. So as soon as I saw the match announcement, I was like, oh, man, perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> you know what? It's funny. When I saw that, I thought the same thing. I thought, you know, you're going to be great with that guy. We we think about wrestling in very similar ways, I think. You know, I I, I I, I, I'm, I'll be honored to learn. I'm always open. You know, I had a, one of my earliest mentors in theater. When I met him, he was 80 years old and he's since passed away. It's been a long time. We met about 10 years ago, but, uh, you know, he was 80 and had been acting his entire life. So he's got like 65 years of experience or whatever. And he told me one of the earliest things he told me was 
you're never done learning. He's like, you know, I learn something every show I do, every rehearsal, whatever. He's like, if you ever think that you're done, then you should just quit because you've closed off your mind and you think you're bigger than, you know, you don't respect it anymore. You think you're bigger than theater. And I think it's the same with wrestling, you know. So anytime I know I'm going to be under the learning tree with somebody, uh, and, 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 and it's a, it's a, it's a step I'm ready for. I think, uh, I think the AIW fans are excited about it. And just to even be considered for that spot is, is, is an honor because, you know, these guys aren't free, you know, uh, Hornswoggle's not a, a free booking, <laughs> you know, no. these guys, they're all flights and hotels and, and they get paid what they deserve, which is a decent amount of money, I'm sure. And, uh, so, be entrusted with that is just it is an honor let me ask you this ck did you ever know jt when he was alive i did so he had his first match ever for my uncle my, my uncle is a promoter yeah and i uh, yeah. used, used to run a lot of shows and when i first met jt a couple of friends of mine from columbus uh Carlton Kaz and, and Super Oprah uh, Jabari, um, yeah. they took me up to Cleveland All Pro and got me on a couple of shows up there. You know, I, I probably did six or seven shots up at CAPW for him um, and TV, you know, TV tapings and all that. And uh, when I first met him, you know, JT was an old school guy and you would definitely learn. He would teach you. I mean, he, I watched him teach people. I wasn't one of his students, but he taught me a ton of stuff. And, uh, you know, his show went the way he wanted it to go. And that's the way it should have been. I mean, he, you know, he was just an old school guy. And then, uh, I'll never forget how I finally broke the ice with him. Cause I was just nervous. You know, I, I didn't want to mess up. I was young and wrestling, and, and, and I wanted to make JT happy because I respected him. And then so I finally went up to him and I said, I think you know my uncle. And he said, yeah. And I said, yeah, uh, Rock Parsons. And he's like, oh, my God. And his eyes lit up. And he was like, I thought he was going to hug me. <laughs> you know, like he was like, oh, I remember him. And he gave me my first chance. And I was in West Virginia and he gave me my first match. And, oh, you know, all this. And I never found the tape, you know, and I, you know, I so I get trying to get the tape, I thought, you know, I'll talk to my uncle, I'll find you the tape, you know, and all this. And it was such a relief uh, because, you know, here's this big, scary guy, JT Lightning. And then that was the first time I was like, oh, okay, he's, a, he's just a guy. He's a nice guy. Okay. Whew, <laughs> he doesn't hate me, <laughs> you know. Uh, and I remember he taught me a lot of lessons. Like I remember – uh, just one time in particular, I kind of messed something up and I was confused about something. And when I got back through the curtain, he just laid into me about it. And, uh, you know, in front of everybody, just laid into me and just, you know, he didn't threaten me or, or degrade me or anything. But he just told me what I did wrong and why I should never do it again. And I didn't. <laughs> but uh, as soon as I said, yes, sir, and I shook his hand, I made, I made sure I shook his hand. I looked him right dead in the eye and I said, thank you very much, sir. I appreciate it. And I meant it. And I walked away. And as soon as I walked away, Carlton Kaz has told me this story a bunch of times. Uh, JT looked right at him and said, God, I love that kid. <laughs> and that just makes me feel so good because, you know, here I am thinking I'm the worst wrestler of all time. And really, he's just trying to teach me a lesson. And I'll tell you what, it worked. And, and I learned, you know, and, and just th th that's how that's how you got respect from guys like JT. And there's still some of those guys around where I didn't bow up. I didn't make any excuses. I looked him in the eyes. I shook his hand and I, I, I acquiesced and I said, yes, sir, you're correct. Thank you very much. I will absolutely use that in the future. Thank you. Thank you. And well, I want to I want to throw in something. I'm going to throw in something right here. Um, for uh, CK's benefit and for anyone listening, uh, JT Lightning was not just a teacher of wrestlers, but he taught fans as well. I had the good fortune of being invited into his house, and he's he introduced me to wrestlers in his promotion and allowed me to watch videos with him, and that that's another story in itself. But he taught me much about other wrestlers and what they went through to grow in the profession and I grew as a fan it was a it was an opportunity that not many fans got anyway um, we're going to come back and finish up with CK in just a moment please stick with us CK yeah 
Sorry about the uh, technical difficulties. It's just one of those things that seems to happen in this world. But uh, uh, no worries. We're we're very close to the end here. I get most of what I had in terms of a uh, an anecdote. We caught on we caught on the recording, and it all get put together. And anything else, I'll just stick in the blog post later. So what we want to do is get to the uh, nuts and bolts. Um, when's the J lit next weekend? Right, twenty fourth and twenty fifth. Is it? Yeah, that's right. Um, it's uh, Friday and Saturday, and it's actually three shows. So the the JT Lightning Tournament is Friday night and Saturday night, but there's also the, the first ever Chandler Biggins Memorial Tag Team Cup, uh, which is at 3 p.m. on Saturday. Now, what they've done, uh, the fine people at AIW, is if you go to shop.aiwrestling.com, Dot com. You can buy a weekend pass and you can go to all the shows. It's, 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 uh, it's, you know, this, we're living in a time of weekend long wrestling. And, and, you know, we have the, the deal coming up in Chicago with the young bucks and all that and WrestleMania, of course, but man, right here in Cleveland, uh, you can experience a wonderful weekend of wrestling. And, and I said it, uh, on online, no, I, I knew JT, and uh, he, he meant a great deal to me. And, uh, again, you know, there are definitely a lot of people in wrestling who knew JT a lot closer than I did. You know, you talk about Johnny Gargano and all kinds of guys, you know. Uh, but he meant something. He was very significant to me, but so was Chandler, and the same was to, to a lot of people. And like you said earlier, you know, both of these folks, they dedicated their lives – to providing wrestling one because they just like wrestling they loved wrestling but also because it was entertaining people i mean at the end of the day it is it's a very unselfish thing to dedicate your life because it's not a huge money making <laughs> endeavor you know that old saying is uh if you how, you want to make a small fortune then invest a large fortune in the wrestling business <laughs> you know so they're not doing it for the millions of dollars they're doing it because we're in uh, we're in the smiles business you know so it's going to be two two great tournaments over you know over three shows and two nights, but more than that, it's honoring the memory of two great wrestling personalities from Cleveland, and uh, I know that that uh, you know it's inspired me for sure. I mean, I'm in the for a lot of reasons, but you know I, I, I'm I'm in the best shape of my life, and I'm going to give JT and Chandler the absolute greatest performance uh, that I possibly can. I mean, you know, you, you're looking at a you know, 40 or 50 performers who are just going to leave it all in the ring, you know, because it just means a lot to so many people. And, I, you know, AIW is very blessed and they've earned this, but they're very blessed to have very dedicated fans that consistently provide an electric atmosphere. But I can tell you that there will be nothing like this week, this coming weekend, because it's going to be hundreds and hundreds of people already for three amazing shows for, for you know dedicated to two great personalities in wrestling i'll tell you what ck i'm so pleased to hear this i mean sure for aiw and i'm glad for the for the success that they're going to see here on behalf of jt and uh and and chandler because those those are two good guys in the business i can't deny it but again like you said so many people are going to be made happy so many people are going to have a good time, and uh, and I'm just I'm so pleased for every one of them. Well, yeah, me too. I mean, it takes a village, you know. I, I mean, there's so many wonderfully talented and, and just great, kind-hearted people involved, you know, who you won't even see in the ring that help you know help put all this together. But I was telling my wife this the other day, you know, like I said, I, I'm just happy to be a part of it. But uh, you know, more than anything, I just feel like we've been talking about earlier that I just feel on the edge of some breakthrough stuff in my career in a sense of just fulfillment, you know, just feeling creatively fulfilled and that I'm performing at a level that I, I, I am happy with. And I think this is going to be a big, you know, I got this match with Swaggle and that's going to be, it could be a career maker for a lot of people, you know, and, and I'm, I'm looking at it that way. I, I read this book about higher frequency thinking and, and it's gotten me out of some really rough situations that a bad attitude would have, would have sunk me, 
you know, but because I raised my, my, my frequency and my positivity, I hit it out of the park. And that's, that's just what I'm going to do. <laughs> there's no, there's no, I'm going to try or golly gee. I mean, I'm just, that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> that's a good word, CK. And I really appreciate it. I think what we're going to do is wrap things up right now. I, I'm hoping what I would like to do is have you on this show again sometime in the next several months and see how things are going. But uh, I may even try to do the, uh, the, the more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The more complex thing and try to get the whole production together. <laughs> that sounds great. I'd love to come on and you know, we don't even have to talk about wrestling. <laughs> right. You've got so much you can go with and, uh, and, and believe me, you are, you are a perfect fit for my general audience because you have seen things start and change and grow in your life. And that's exactly what I'm after. Well, I appreciate it very much. And uh, the fact that anyone at all wants to hear what I have to say is, is an honor to me uh, as a person. So I'll do it anytime. So tell me, CK, how can the fans reach you? Um, Twitter is probably the best at the Magnum CK. Uh, that's also my Instagram. Uh, I have Facebook as well. I don't use it as much and it's more for pictures of my dogs and kids and wife <laughs> than anything else. But uh, yeah, Twitter, that's the best. I love Twitter. I'll give you that. Well, I, I, I'm very, I'm very uh, fortunate, you know, uh, so again, it's just put yourself out there, keep moving forward no matter what, because trust me, I've been through it all and we can talk about it any other time, but, you know, depression, anxiety, ADHD, all that, I've been through the ringer and uh, I just never stop moving forward and it's, it's I, every time before I wrestle, I know this sounds silly because it's, you know, it's just pro wrestling, but. I, I, I say a little, I'm not a super religious person, but I say a little prayer to my, my grandparents who are all, uh, most of them have passed away. And uh, I always thank them for helping to make me the, the person that I am today because I get to have this life. And I'm very grateful for that. And it's because of people like my grandparents, especially, uh, you know, who, who made that happen. So, so I'm very grateful. And uh, just whatever you're going through, I, I promise if you just keep moving forward and have patience, it's going to work out for you. Again, a good word. Thanks so much for being with us uh, today, CK, and we'll look forward to talking to you again soon, and I wish you all the good fortune in the world at the JLIT next weekend. You and all the other guys who are participating, you deserve this big show, and so do JT and Biggins. Well, thank you very much, Ron. And we'll talk soon. All right. Sounds good. Bye-bye.